Welcome to Smart Cleaning School. Are you ready to reshape your mindset and grow your cleaning business? Step into today's class with your guide, Ken Carfagno, so you can win for your family. Welcome back to the Smart Cleaning School podcast, helping cleaning professionals make the impact that they were meant to make. Today's episode, it's not just a corn muffin. But before I dive into the corn muffin, let's have a funny papers edition. This story comes from listener Emily Marnie. Oh, this is going to be a fun one. So Emily runs a solo cleaning company out of Denmark, Australia, Western Australia, called Ocean Clean Denmark. And she reached out to me to set up a free coaching call through the website after listening to the podcast, had a chance to help her with some changeover from her hourly rates to a strategy that would get her on a by-the-job basis. So that was a super fun conversation. Emily, thank you for trusting me for however long we were on that call just to help you think through and strategize the next level. But then she dropped this funny story on me in a feedback email that she sent, and I just had to share it. It's a good funny story. So here we go, Emily. Here's what you shared with me, and I'll just go in Emily's words. I arrived to one of my client's homes, and I got the key. I unlocked the door, and I took my kid inside. I thought I'd quickly go to the toilet before I'd start. And then I remember thinking, once I've gone... I'll just set everything up, get my cleaning for the bathroom. So I left my kit in the hallway while I was inside taking care of business. I shut the door, went to the toilet. Then when finished, I was ready to get into work. Went to open up the door and the handle turned without opening the door. This must have been a mistake. Tried the handle again. Jiggle, jiggle, no door opening. Instant panic double explanation point in the email that she sent me with this story. (laughs) I can imagine, especially if you're claustrophobic, you're stuck in a bathroom. It's awkward to begin with, but now you're stuck and the story gets better. Tried again, nothing, nothing again. Tried the other way, nothing. Couldn't get out of this door. I looked at the narrow window above the shower and opened it and thought, hmm, I could probably squeeze through that little window. But then I looked outside and it was a bit of a big drop off. And then the cat run was directly underneath. So I looked at the door again thinking it would probably be cheaper to replace the broken door handle for me to get out than to have to replace the squashed cat run from my 60 kilograms falling on it. Thought I'd call my husband, but hey, I knew it would take him a while to get there. And when he did get there, he's not that handy, so he wouldn't even know what to do. (laughs) Sometimes I relate to this big time. Then she goes on, luckily, we have a friend who is a builder, so I called him for help, and he couldn't stop laughing. He was on his way. I looked around, and I was kicking myself for not bringing my kid in with me, because if nothing else, I could have at least cleaned the bathroom while I was waiting. So then I called my sister, had a good laugh with her about it because she remembered a similar incident that just happened the week before when I went halfway through cleaning a house when I realized I was in the wrong house. Ken, I am a professional, I swear. 
Yeah, she did actually write that. Yes, I know, Emily, you are a professional. Have you listened to any of my funny papers? If you only listened to them, you would not think I was a professional. But that's what makes it so fun. Let's finish this off. My friend, he did come in and we Marco Poloed until he found me. And we had a great laugh. And then he got to work removing the doorknob to get me out. The whole process took about a half an hour, but I was free. I contacted the client who felt awful and apologized for not letting me know as it's been a common occurrence at the moment. And I was the third person to get stuck in there. I think their job this weekend will be replacing the doorknob. And then she ends, I hope everyone out there in smart cleaning school land gets a good laugh at my misfortune. All right, I do need to dial down the atmosphere a little bit to start this story off well. When I started this podcast in late 2019, I never imagined in a million years that I'd be eulogizing my father just a year later. If you get a chance, check out the tribute to my father from December 17th, 2020. Ken Carfagno Sr. was born in Northeast Philadelphia on May 11th, 1936. He was the youngest of six. Ken Sr. married Gabriella Corbett on October 20th, 1956. They were 20 years old. Soon after, they had their first of three sons, Ken Carfagno Jr. That's my dad. 18-year-old Ken Jr. married 16-year-old Lynn Dreben in August of 1976. And Ken Carfagno III, me, was born on March the 1st, 1977. There, now you all have my age. I think I've shared that before. Ken Sr. became a pop-op at the age of 40. In perspective, I was 40 when my fifth child, Casey, was born. My parents did not stay married long, and I have shared this so many times in the podcast, but it's so vital to understand me. My single mom raised me during the week as a kid, while my dad and mostly my pop-up raised me on weekends. The most influential man in my life, bar none, has always been my pop-up. In latter years, I started calling him my father because he raised me into the man that I am. Thank you for listening to this opening and my genealogy story. I just wanted to give you some context to this episode. My pop-up had a favorite breakfast diner. It's called the Gem Restaurant in East Norriton, Pennsylvania. Tony Bello opened this restaurant in 1974 with the sole goal of serving and providing a place for the community to connect. Due to the 1950s theme, it attracted many patrons that are nostalgic from that era. And my pop-up definitely found this at the Gem. He loved the 50s. As I said, he fell in love with his bride, my Nana, in 1951. He went steady with her while they finished high school. He worked at her parents' bakery to save up money, listening to his favorites from the 50s like Frank Sinatra and Joe Stafford. Pop loved the 50s, and he would mosey into the gym every Saturday morning for years. His morning routine was the same. He'd sit at one of the counter stools with his newspaper and talk to the other old guys that were there. You ever see grumpy old men? (laughs) Imagine that scene. And they all knew him there, too. Tony knew him. He'd order the same thing, a decaf coffee and corn muffin. He was so proud of me. 
I heard stories over the years of how the old guys and Tony at the gym all knew that Ken's grandson was a Penn State grad. He was an engineer. Later on, he owned a cleaning business. He was married to the best daughter ever, Teresa. He gave our family the first girl, my daughter Christiana, in three generations. The only thing that Pop didn't brag about me was how badly I beat him at ping pong. So many other men from the community would flock to Tony's place. It was like Cheers, where everybody knows your name. Okay, Tony provided the atmosphere, and the community showed up. But that's not all that Tony did. Tony cared. He got to know his patrons. He learned their names. He learned their stories. I mean, Tony knew all about me, and I barely ever met him. He knew what each patron ordered, as many would get the same every time. I even heard this story from a waitress there one time. Tony would spot a customer parking their car. As they were locking their door and walking toward the gym, Tony would get their order ready. Hey, Bob's here. Hey, Ken's here. Get the Bob special. Get the Ken special. They'd sit at the counter stool. They'd say hello to the guys. Hey, guys. Tony would come over and say hi, ask about his family. And then the waitress would just show up and serve their breakfast without them even ordering. They didn't even need to write checks as the patrons would finish their breakfast, leave a tip, and pay the cashier. They just knew. Tony knew, and he knew for so many people that came to the gym. People felt welcome. They felt like they belonged. My pop-up felt this way every Saturday. I am so thankful to Tony Bello for providing this for my father for all of those years. Can you see why Tony's business has grown and why it continues to be a staple of that area for almost 50 years? I am sharing this story because I wanted you to feel what I feel about the gem. How can you treat your customers and employees like Tony treated his and still does? How can you build a business that is so much more? I want you to hang on these two questions for a moment, and I'm going to pause. I took my daughter to the gym, Miss Christiana, in early July as our father-daughter breakfast. It was so great being back there. I could sense a piece of my father's soul in that place. I got emotional, obviously, looking at the counter stools with the old guys, knowing that he was sitting there just two years ago. Tony stopped over to say hi. He recognized me, but he couldn't quite place my name because I was only there a few times. I mean, Tony's good, but I mean, not that good. (laughs) And the last time I was there, I was probably in my 20s or 30s. It's been a while. I introduced myself this way. I am Ken Carfagno's grandson. Tony smiled widely from ear to ear. He was so happy to hear that. He then went into stories about my pop-up. He'd come every Saturday after he, I'd finish his thought, he'd drop my Nana off at the hairdresser. Tony smiled. Yes, He'd order his corn muffin and, I finished again, his decaf coffee. I told Tony I was the Penn Stater that he used to brag about. That launched Tony into a whole new line of stories about my pop-up and what he told him about me. I was in tears by the end of this conversation and I thanked Tony 
He went back to speaking with other customers, serving. I sat back down, was with Christiana. We were eating our breakfast. And about 15, 20 minutes later, the waitress came over with a plate. Hey, hon, Tony sent this over to you. It's a corn muffin. I lost it. After I calmed down, my daughter and I split the corn muffin and took a picture. I was a red-faced, soppy mess, and the corn muffin was delicious. Tony stopped back a little before we left and asked if we liked the corn muffin. I told him, Tony, that wrecked me. He knew what I meant, and then he told me about how hard it was when he lost his mom not that long ago. It was a great breakfast with my daughter, a wonderful reminiscing time to just be with my daughter, experience that, for her to hear the stories about her great-grandfather, the impact that he had on the people of the restaurant, for her to get to see her dad, a soppy mess, and just how important that man was to me. My daughter got to see all that. It was an incredible breakfast. I'm just so thankful to Tony Bello and the staff of the Gem Restaurant. You guys just love on people. You care. Thank you so much for caring. All right. Well, thanks so much for listening in to the Smart Cleaning School podcast. Be sure to tune in for the next one. We'll bring it up a few notches and not make it so sad. I did my best to keep this one upbeat because it was hard. When I was writing this podcast episode out, I was in soppy tears again. So when I was able to record it, I was composed. I just want you to get the message. Care. Love on people. There's an expression that people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And Tony has done that for sure. And if you want to learn more about his restaurant, The Gem, in East Norton, Pennsylvania, check out my show notes. The link is in there. Have an amazing day. Thank you for listening to Smart Cleaning School. Class is dismissed.